Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services, and also information on our forthcoming events. For now, though, let's get on with the show. So, something new for the Evolve to Succeed podcast this week. As well as our regular interviews and discussions with business leaders and owners, we're going to be releasing from time to time some shorter, subject-specific episodes covering critical business topics. The first of these episodes could prove to be one of the most important ones that you could listen to. The truth is that most businesses probably don't take cybersecurity seriously enough. Whether it's that idea that you already have security software installed or you think just that your business, your database, your information wouldn't be of much interest to hackers, it's far too easy to become complacent about what is a very important issue. And I'm sure you, like I, would have heard some horror stories when cybersecurity does go wrong and businesses do get hacked. So today I'm talking to Chris Palmer, Managing Director and Founder of AnyTech Solutions, an IT support business that specializes in cybersecurity solutions. Amongst other things, Chris discusses the biggest cyber threats that your business could face and the simple first step you can take to start protecting your business from cyber threats and what you should do if you are attacked. So please enjoy the episode and I hope you like these new style information sharing exercises. Chris, welcome to this special episode of what every business leader needs to know about cybersecurity. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. So we're going to tap into your expertise today, Chris. And the first thing we should probably ask is, in your experience, do you think that you know, owner-managed businesses, SME businesses, take cybersecurity seriously enough? The brutal answer would be no. However, I want to caveat that because I think it's incredibly difficult for business owner managers to address cybersecurity without an idea of what sort of investments involved. Mm. And so although my answer is no, I actually do think they take it seriously, but I think I would probably phrase it that they're not making actions to address it in fear of opening a can of worms. And that's my real gut feel. I've done plenty of seminars with, with regards to cybersecurity. And yes, there's lots of interest and there's lots of enthusiasm during during the events, but very rarely do people follow up to find out what's happening in their own networks, etc. And I think it's fear of budgets. Okay. So you think there's an awareness there, but a lack of Definitely, action. definitely. And I suppose that leads on to that question about, you know, as business leaders, business owners, you know, what are the potential vulnerabilities and risks to our businesses? 
Well, I, I think that, that, again, that's a brilliant question, Warren. Um, and, and actually, we're working on this sort of piece at the moment. One of the things that I would say is the biggest risk in our businesses is the human element. Um, and the challenge with any sort of cyber attack, fraud, phishing, spoofing, etc., etc., these campaigns are being designed by extremely intelligent people. They're investing large sums of money. It's no longer a man in a bedroom with his curtains closed, uh, you know, hacking away. It's organised crime. And they're extremely sophisticated and they play on human psychology and engineering. So at the moment, I would say if I was limited on budget and I was a business owner, the first port of call would be staff training. It's interesting. You can mitigate a huge amount of risk by training your staff and educating them to understand what's actually feasible and what's possible. The minute I start explaining to people what's actually happening in the world and I see the light go on, I realise that person will no longer do X, Y and Z. Right. And what is happening in the world then? Well, essentially, when, when you talk about human engineering, for instance, um, I did a demonstration and I rung a handful of companies locally and I said I was a supplier and we're updating our records and I wanted to know who was in charge of accounts payable, um, who I needed to send my invoices to um, and you know who, who was in charge of clearing my invoices and make sure I get paid on time. I was able to get their name. I was able to get their email address, and that's just the beginning. So if I have their name and I have their email address, I'm starting to build an identity of who that person is. I could then go onto Facebook. I could find them on Facebook, potentially. If they've got children, I can see when their children's birthdays are because they'll post pictures of them with their child Mm. on a particular date, and they'll say how old their child is, and they'll be very happy around the cake, but now I know a date of birth. So I have their name, their work email address, the date of birth of their youngest child, for instance, um, and I have their child's name. So I'm slowly starting to build a picture whereby I can start to either make a very targeted attack on that person because I have some basic information, or I can use it to try and find out yet more information. And because I'm investing a lot of money in trying to do this, I'll spend two months, three months, four months delving in if I believe it's going to be worth it. And do you think that's, and well, I say, do you think, I suppose, do you know that's what the, these crime organisations are doing? Is it's it? 100% what they're doing. Absolutely 100%. And that's just one element. Scary, isn't it? And when we think of cybersecurity, or perhaps when I think of cybersecurity, I think about the network vulnerability. But you're saying, I mean, that clearly is an issue. Yeah. But you're saying human vulnerability Absolutely. is the key. And that's where we should start as business owners. I would say start there because it has the biggest punch for your buck, basically. So I will always approach something like this um, with budgets in, in mind. And one of the things I would always say to any any business owner, manager, is speak to your friendly um, IT partner. And I use the word friendly. And what I mean by that is... You want an IT partner that understands where you're coming from, where your world is, what your budget constraints might be. Because I want any of our customers to invest X and get the biggest punch for Mm. it. So by mitigating a lot of the risk in the human resource, you will enable a far greater shutdown of those risks. 
When it comes to things like the firewalls, your data storage, third-party software integrations, those can be costly to investigate and lock down um, because that does require engineers' time to delve into your firewall, delve into your switches, delve into each and every person's desktop to ensure that, for instance, you know, a USB sockets locked down etc etc um, so that can take a lot of time and that takes a different degree of investment whereas I think staff training um, and just an education piece done every six months on current cyber threats uh, will will help a smaller business with far huger impact than looking first at the infrastructure great and I suppose it's fair to assume the threats are changing all the time, Chris, or are they fairly constant and there's some common themes? They are changing all the time and they're increasing with sophistication. So I think that's a great point, Warren, because again, um, looking at the different types of attacks and approaches and all the rest of it, when it comes to approaching cyber, it's not a, a checklist that you can go through and tick and go, great, I've done that, which is which is why I, I slightly... I have a slight grin when people say, oh, we're Cyber Essentials, we're accredited, so we're done, yeah. we're sorted. It's a continual development and continual piece of work that has to be done. Um, and it has to be constantly revisited and maintained. And I don't, you know, I don't expect any business owner to go from nothing to the next day having everything sorted. But there is a plan and an approach and a starting point. Mm -hmm. And if you're on that that curve and you're on that starting point, you're already you know, ahead of everyone else. And you've mentioned there's cyber essentials. So a lot of business owners, leaders would have heard this phrase of being certified as, you know, having yeah. you know, the cyber essentials in place. Yeah. What is it? What does it really mean? What does it take to get that? Well, Cyber Essentials is essentially a program um, that enables a business to go through a certain uh, a certain amount of steps and I would say basic criteria to be able to say we're cyber certified. Um, I think it's a great program, don't get me wrong. Um, and I think as a first port of call, it prepares the business to start looking at cyber in a more serious way. The reason I'm saying this with, with some degree of hesitation and speculation is because we've had clients come to us that are cyber essential and we've then run uh, what we would term a basic uh, probe test on for instance their Microsoft 365 environment and we can see forwarding rules set up we can see passwords that are set to not expire we can see various elements that, that bring the score down and cyber essentials doesn't go into that level of detail yeah. Um, so although you can be cyber essentials and have that accreditation, when you start probing down into your firewalls, your antivirus, your email security, you can still be failing those, but still pass the accreditation. <laughs> and that's why I sort of, I have a slight grimace when people go, yeah, we're cyber essentials, it's all fine. I kind of want to say, yeah, but just let us have a look. Yeah, so it's a good starting point. It it's is. It's a good checklist type point to get the basics in place and yeah. with some additional team and human training and it's a great place to start it is if you went the bells and whistles as an sme yeah where would we go we would as i say address the staff yeah. um, and have short but sweet um discussion points on what cyber is um, we would probably focus on 
what spoofing is, what phishing is, mm. um, and what the dangers are of those types of attacks and, and how they originate. And this would be company-wide. This would be from reception all the way through. So that'd be the human element. Then we would target the infrastructure. So what does the infrastructure look like? Um, what routers are in place? What firewalls are in place? Um, without getting too technical. Um, what ports are open that don't need to be? You know, what risks are in the network physically that don't need to be? And really start removing a lot of those risks and locking the network down um, to restrict breaches that come in via that sort of nature. Applications, um, hosted services, for instance, email. Um, we would certainly look at having some sort of sandbox email system where your emails go into a sandbox, they're checked and vetted and verified before they actually go into your inbox. That cuts away all of that user interaction and questioning, well, should I open that email? Is it legit? You don't even want those emails in your mailbox. So that's a massive win. So we've got those three things. We've got the soft, staff, um, touchy-feely stuff. We've got the infrastructure, physical boxes. What are they doing on your network or not doing? And then we have the software side of things, third-party interactions, um, third-party security services that layer above some of the basic services. And I think when you start looking at it that way and start nibbling in, in each of those areas, you're going to be so far ahead. It's going to make the basic attacks very difficult to come in. Okay. And... We probably should talk, you know, you know, the world is not a perfect place, is it? So you put all of those measures in place, or perhaps you don't and you're more vulnerable, but you perhaps put some of those preventative measures in place and you do get an attack. What should, other than blind panic, what should business owners, business leaders do at that point? Well, again... It, I like to try to offer solutions that are scalable. In an ideal world, you'd have someone or a team um, within the business that would be your disaster recovery team, so to speak. Um, and depending on the size of the business, that could be someone who, who is responsible for the IT side. It could be someone that's on the legal side. And it might be someone that's, that's just from the management level. Um, and each of those people would have a response to certain risk. So if there was a breach, you would want the IT person to assess how far that breach had impacted the network and potentially turn off certain services or lock off parts of the network to stop it from going further into the network. You might want someone that has some legal experience or, or at least minimum some GDPR experience to know whether this incident is something that needs to be reported needed to be reported to the ICO, for instance, or whether it needs to be reported to your client base, depending on the type of breach that it is. Because you've got physical breaches that just cause damage. You've got physical breaches that could be exposure to personal information. So they have a different, uh, a different bias, I would say, and approach. So I think you would want someone or a small team that are designated to look at what's the impact What's the technical impact? Can we stop it getting worse? Is there any downtime, any risk to the business functioning and how long that downtime is going to be? Um, and basically address that both from a client aspect, an internal aspect and from a risk aspect. Now that can be one person. Mm. It's a lot for one person to do. But I think many industries, uh, sectors, small businesses 
don't have the luxury to have two or three people designated to do it. It's generally one person. It could be just the business owner. But I think that business owner should, in those instances, use the outsource that they've got in place, speak to their friendly IT partner and say, look, I'm concerned that it's just me. And if something goes wrong, I don't have a plan in place. Can you help me form a basic plan? What do I do if I have this happen? Or what do I do if I have that happen? Or tell me what I need to be doing. Um, so use that resource. I think the difficulty comes when you've got the small business that doesn't have an outsource partner. Um, I think it's incredibly difficult to try to mitigate the risks of cyber when it's just you on your own without an outsource. Um, I would say it's nigh on impossible, if I'm honest. Okay. And that's what we'd call an incident response plan. And again, it's about being prepared for when if and when and if Absolutely. that incident happens and not looking down the barrel of the gun thinking, what do I do at that 100%. point? 100%. Reacting quickly and promptly. 100%. And equally, making sure that your staff understand, should XYZ happen, who they report it to first. Brilliant. And it's up to that person to decide whether that needs to be escalated into an incident or whether it's just part and parcel of daily IT. Brilliant. Chris, thank you. That was a 15-minute kind of insight into cybersecurity with some really practical thoughts and ideas for business owners, business leaders. Thank you. If people do want to know who you are and connect with you and know about your friendly IT services... Where can they go? Well, obviously LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. And um, if, if, if anyone wants to connect with me, then please do just mention this podcast. And I'm more than happy to follow up and have a, a conversation over a, over a cup of coffee. Um, and we don't charge to talk. Brilliant. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Warren. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.